0: Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. It's a special edition after that win last night in Marseille. What a performance from Ireland. Five tries and all. Great to have Ian McKinley alongside me. Ian, if you had asked for a better start to the championship for an Ireland perspective, you couldn't have got it.
2: Couldn't have asked for anything more. And... You know it's a a long time for those players having to mull over the disappointment of the World Cup, and you know you think of France now how much more disappointment they're gonna have now from not having any sort of reaction from it and Ireland have just continued from where they were at the at, at the World Cup in terms of performance and you know some young guys getting their opportunity I'm sure Farrell you know w- couldn't have asked for any more from them they did exactly I'm sure what they what they prepped and what they wanted them to do and you know it almost even at you know watching the game and even towards the end it sort of had an anti-climax you know because it was so comfortable and it's been such a long time that you've probably seen an Irish team absolutely physically dominate a French pack like that and everything was just so composed and so many question marks going into it but it was just uh, as a complete performance as you could get at the start of a Six Nations against such a high quality opposition in France
0: It's funny though everyone I seemed to ask beforehand back France I certainly thought France would win Where were you in all this? Are you going to say that you uh, thought Ireland of course, would do a job? Yeah
2: but... I, I said Ireland by 21 of course um, I Looking at the two teams I definitely thought you know uh, France had you know, Ireland were obviously disappointed, but France, you know, being on home soil in that World Cup, almost the disappointment was, was amplified. It was much bigger. So I was expecting France to win it. And when I saw the teams, I just thought having Lucu and, uh, you know, the halfback combination there been from Bordeaux I just felt that that could have been a smoother transition than say maybe Gibson Park and Crowley you know um, little areas like that but just everything was just blown out of the the water in terms of how composed Ireland were Peter Mahoney's captaincy how well Crowley played how well he's now known as I think we all (laughs) know now at this stage Big Big, Big Joe even Tyke Byrne, the line out, um, Jemison, Gibson Park, James Lowe is kicking. Like literally, you could pick out every single player, and they just played unbelievably well and just continued that form from the World Cup. You talked about uh, Joe McCarthy and
0: uh, Crowley, but let's talk on your former position, Crowley. Shaking off start, but then he came through it, showed a lot of resilience, but looked good towards the end. Even in that second
2: half, he impressed, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've <laughs> been lucky enough to be in the velodrome. It is an intimidating stadium. You know, you you, you feel enclosed. It's almost like, I suppose, the Millennium Stadium in that regard. And it's uh, it can be an intimidating atmosphere. And I thought he applied himself really well. Yes, there were a couple of early jitters, you know, of a block down kick, miss penalty, uh, kick out on the full. But like as a whole, I think he can be so proud of that because of those small little errors at the start of the game, you know, it could be very easy to go into your shell and he did the complete opposite. He uh, had his chest out. He was confident in every decision that he was making. You could see when he was kicking for touch you know um won't say how animated he was but really how confident and assured he was and how he was talking to the lineout callers and um he just went from strength to strength as the game went on which is a really good sign you know carrying a bit of momentum now what well, a huge amount of momentum into the next game and i think the biggest thing out of it was that he you know he played the whole game i think it could have been easy ireland had that game won with about 10 minutes to go and like Frawley I rate Frawley so uh, highly as well but it could have been easy to you know for Farrell to give him the last 10 minutes but Crowley had you know has almost steered that ship in in that direction you know obviously with the help of of his teammates given a good platform and everything like that but I think that's the biggest uh, testament to how he played is that he finished out that game you've been in that position before
0: maybe the start first 20 minutes doesn't go your way it's easy to go into your shell like he looks so relaxed but so determined as well like it's a testament to him, but just as a 10, how easy would it have been him to maybe be like, oh, Frolley's on the bench, this may not happen for me, but it just didn't go that way, he just kicked on.
2: Yeah, I think it's a testament It's a testament to him and it's also a testament to the team of where they're at. They're able to bounce back from any little setbacks and I think it was interesting, Peter O'Mahony in the, the post-match interview afterwards said that we're really working on trying to deal with the really high moments in the game. So, you know, when you get a turnover, if it's just on your line or a try uh, to the low moments when you concede or get a yellow card or something like that. And I think that they're just completely measured in their approach. And he sort of, I'd say Jack Crowley summed that up uh, perfectly. And it is, if you're not sure of yourself in those sort of high pressured positions, um, it, it can be easy maybe to go quiet and not be confident in what, you, uh, what you're what you looking to do or your decision making. And I think that was the biggest thing that was uh, so impressive about him is that he just continued that. He was confident in uh, in what he was doing. But this is his chance to shine. I mean you know, there's always been the debate of, you know, Carberry and then Frawley, yeah, the Burns in Leinster. Like this is his opportunity to stake a claim uh, in the jersey. And he's, for me anyway has certainly got off to Uh, as good a start in terms of um, how he attacked the line for Burns try you know he was able to take a a hit um, right on the gain line he varied his kicking game you know and and ultimately he was 6 out of 7 from the, the kicking tee you know obviously he did miss that one in front of the post about 30 out but you know, it he, he was a fairly accomplished, mature performance, you know, given the hostility uh, and, and sort of all the fallout from the World Cup involving France and obviously Ireland. Yeah, and he nailed a few from the touchline, which is always great to mm. see.
0: Another man who was to certainly staked his claim, Joe McCarthy, Counter, countering rocks, carrying ball, looked absolutely colossal there.
2: Yeah, and I think, obviously, you know, there was the chat beforehand, oh, Ian Henderson not, not in. And I think, you know, he fully justified his selection. I mean, if if, if you are someone who just reads completely, uh, just just reads stats and, and that's it, you would see that Joe McCarthy, in terms of Irish locks throughout the URC and European competitions, tops a, a lot of those and he backed it up and his his work rate and, you know, it is very easy for a big guy just to be a big guy, but he's a big guy that can move. And I know Ireland traditionally, you know, it is, a you know, trying to get that big sort of traditional South African number four, um, that's also mobile, is a very difficult thing to find. And he adds definitely an extra layer to... What Ireland are trying to do. His line speed off defense is really impressive. Um, even just his little uh, cameo for coming around the corner before Nash is trying the corner like that. Just in some ways, in a very small way, summed it up. You know, being able to attack in between two French defenders like that just draws French defenders in, and then obviously you can play off a bit. Quicker ball from it, uh, and it's invaluable. So, yeah, he uh, fully deserved his man of the match, put in a huge amount of, of work and effort, and again, it just adds layers uh, to that position, which I'm sure Andy Farrell, Paul O'Connell, as well, will be absolutely thrilled with. Yeah, I'm sure that.
0: Will I know the French were missing the obviously the main man in world rugby did you expect them surely not to be as poor
2: not to be as poor um, I'm sure Sean Edwards in particular the defence coach will be going absolutely ballistic it um, was almost unrecognisable this French team has not completely gone away from the French flair but they're a lot more pragmatic in their approach they kick a lot more they their game is built on their defence and they were so passive in that first half it was unbelievable it was almost like looking at two different teams and even it, you know mentioned mentioned Burns try but you know that, uh, France had enough numbers in the line to be able to stop that and it's so unlike them to concede easy metres you know in, in basically in the belly of the defence instead of out wide you know so relatively uh, well in the first half of the game you don't really um, expect it so yeah, I think they're going to be as shell-shocked as as anyone else, but it, it does show how important Dupont, I you know not a team is not and he's even said it himself is not built around one player, but when you've got one special player like he is, um you can't necessarily say maybe in a generation because there have been other wonderful players, but he is there is something about him that makes him so unique and even Luku, like going into the game, I, I thought Luku. You know, he he always he always does the right thing. But there were a couple of inc- yeah. you know, incidents in first half in particular. You know, where Ty Byrne is at the the mall and he gets charged down. You know, from the the box kick and past one. I remember that Joe McCarthy was able to get up off the line and it was man on ball on Aldrete. You know. These are things that DuPont is able just to see in the moment and and those things can transform momentum and that can get France onto the the front foot. So he's going to be desperately missed and I think that's fairly evident from that first game but you would imagine that France won't be uh, lacking in as much energy uh, defensively in particular um, for the remainder of the competition. You'd find it very hard to fathom.
0: A final one on Ireland I think we should touch on. Peter Mahoney. The new captain, you know, yes, he's been there about for so long, but he would have felt the pressure this week, you know, when he really embraced it
2: hugely i mean been fortunate enough to have been under peter's leadership and you would run through a brick wall for that man um can't be easy for him personally as well with all the contract stuff that's that's going on um you know you're going to your first um press conference and the the first questions are about your contract instead of you know leading your your country so no he listen he i know he got the yellow card with with the pulling down in the mall um but he, like he, he's just a leader. Uh, every coach, every player that is associated with him will tell you the exact same thing and um, he does have a really good group around him that's been built over these last few years in terms of a leadership group and, you know, you had Johnny in there before, you've James Ryan still there, you've Ian Henderson in there. So even if those guys aren't playing, they're still, or starting, they're still an integral part. So no, Pete, uh, Peter's still a, a really important cog for this Irish team. And on, on big nights like that, when you go into a hostile atmosphere, to have a really experienced head like him is, uh, is invaluable. Well, one from one for
0: Ireland on the bonus point. Next Sunday, they take on Euroboys Italy. But first, yeah. we must touch on Italy today. Yeah, against England, you're not filling me with too much uh, passion there in the voice about <laughs> about the Italians. Yeah, well, well, can uh, we see a different type this year? Or is my, that
2: my beloved Italy? Is yeah, that not um, I
0: think it might. Well,
2: England first played Italy, and Italy first played England in 1991, and there hasn't been a victory uh, from Italy since then. Um, England are probably surprised. A lot of people from where they finished in the World Cup, the style of play was questioned. So I'm really intrigued as a few debutants today for them in the England team. I'm really, will be really intrigued to see have they evolved their game in any shape or form. Um... Felix Jones, been on the English uh, coaching ticket now, you know, uh, was known hugely on on this island anyway and has had great success with South Africa. So what can he bring to the table? My beloved Italy, yeah, they've had a change with Gonzalo Casada now, Argentinian, um, who's played his trade for a long time in in France. Just Uh, like his
0: coach in international rugby.
2: (laughs) Usually the Italian coaches are probably the best well-dressed. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's... um, You talk about the disappointment of France and Ireland, the World Cup. Imagine Italy shipping nearly 100 points against uh, New Zealand and then, uh, you know, 60-odd against France. That's a, you know, that is humiliating and that, you know, as almost, you don't want to say as undone a huge amount of the work that Kieran has done, but, but the guys were confident. You know, they felt that if... They played their game that they could go toe to toe at least with any team, and that was proven in the you know the even though Italy lost five of the games last year, they were competitive, and that that's a big thing that's been cried out for uh, in these last few years. So again, it'll be interesting to see what sort of style Casada um, goes with. They still have some electric uh, runners like Juane. Uh, Capozzo is unfortunately injured today. Um, Menoncello, honestly, as a twelve, he's one of the best. Um, You know I'm going to go out on a limb here Like he is for me One of the best 12s Out there He's he, one of the best centres He's so physically strong Why and don't
0: he- we see enough of him then Or you know Why yeah, don't we well see break un-
2: him Breaking more lines un- un- unfor- Well Unfortunately His World Cup You know Didn't happen due to Getting injured against uh, Against Ireland But he's, he's Carving it up in the URC When he's been back And um, you know, Paul Gustard, who's, you know, has a fairly good uh, amount of experience, coaching experience behind him, has said he's the best young player he's ever coached, you know. So I think it is it's it is a really important moment for Italy now. There's two sellouts, you know, there's 120,000 uh, sellouts now for the next two games. So the Italy... Italian public expect a performance, and generally, historically, Italy performed best at the start of the of the tournament. So uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult. I think England England's team looks, I think, looks good. It really does, even that's without Smith and Farrell taking his break and Laws now retired. Um, so I wouldn't be too optimistic, but I think if Italy can just keep cutting out these silly discipline, errors, uh, simple errors in defence, you know, they're of course they're always in with a shout, but those things are paramount that they have to cut out first and foremost.
0: Well, we will see if they fare any better in this year's championship. Ian, thank you very much. And don't forget throughout the week, we'll have all the updates and more podcasts. Thank you.